there and welcome. This is Amanda, the founder of Astrology Hub, and you're listening to our week ahead snapshot with world-class astrologer, historian, and author of the Cosmic Calendar, Christopher Renstrom. This show is designed to give you a quick overview of the week ahead, enabling you the gift of choice in how you navigate and weave these energies into your daily life. Enjoy. Hello, my name is Christopher Renstrom, and I'm your weekly horoscope columnist here on Astrology Hub. And this week, I wanted to talk to you about the Sun-Saturn trine taking place on October 11th, followed by the Venus-Saturn trine taking place on October 14th. Now, these are marvelous trines. They're, they're, they're marvelous trines. They're trines that are taking place in the element of air. And the element of air rules over our relationships. Air is basically the uh, element that rules the signs who are the bridge builders of the zodiac. So where uh, earth signs can feel very sort of like I have to protect my interests and put up my, my boundaries and provide and care for the people I, I, I care about. Um, or where water is like, I need to be selfless and compassionate and feeling for everyone um, without any sort of judgment or boundary or separateness, or where fire can just be terribly self-involved, it's up to the air signs to make sure that everyone gets along with everyone else. You know, basically, it's the air signs who are going to build the bridges, who are going to uh, reach out across the aisle, who are going to invite you to come and participate, or who are going to come up with a fun fact to break the ice and get the conversation going. This is what makes the air signs so lovely. And this is what makes them so endearing. And this is what makes them so special because we wouldn't necessarily get along with each other if it weren't for air. And like the element of air, they circulate among us in our lives, bringing fresh perspectives and cool assessments. So the uh, trines that are taking place, the first one, as I mentioned, is a trine between the Sun, which is in Libra, and uh, Saturn, which is in Aquarius, is really quite fascinating. Um, if you follow the schematic of the planetary dignities, you will know that the Sun is in fall in the zodiac sign of Libra. It is exalted in the uh, zodiac sign of Aries because uh, this is the beginning of the agricultural year. Aries rules the spring equinox here in the northern hemisphere. And so it's the beginning of the agricultural year when things are just bursting to life. And so you want to, you know, uh, uh, be quick and fast out of the starting gate uh, in the spirit of Aries and the sun in Aries. You want to be quick and fast out of the starting gate and get things up and going as soon as possible. And then when the sun is in Libra, we're coming at the end of the agricultural year. This is when um, we, we pass the last time of the year when we'll have equal day and equal night and when the shadows get longer and the sun sets earlier in the sky. So Libra is this kind of idea of wrapping it up is very much uh, uh, wound up or, or, or sewn into the folds of the zodiac sign of Libra. So here the sun in Libra is really talking about less me, which we would experience with a sun in Aries, and more we, which we would experience in the zodiac sign of Libra, especially since Libra is the sign that's the most identified with marriage and partnerships and one-on-one -on -one relationships, like, for instance, a creative collaboration. 
these are all pretty much ruled by the zodiac sign of uh, of Libra. And so here, uh, what the stars are sort of saying is that this is going to be a week, actually, it's the next two weeks, uh, it's going to be a little bit, it's going to be less about pursuing your own personal interests, and more about doing what's right by the other person whom you are engaged in any sort of relationship, or transaction, or correspondence with. And this this is a lovely idea. This is a lovely thing. Something to keep in mind as the planets make their rounds in the sky, going through the different astrological signs and forming uh, aspects to one another and unforming old aspects and, and reforming new ones to one another. Um, you can almost think of a kaleidoscope in terms of the way that planetary aspects work in the sky. You, you, you twist the kaleidoscope and those images go across and the geometric patterns explode and in a variety of different forms and combinations. Well, this is very much uh, like uh, planetary aspects in the sky. But as the planets make their aspects in the sky, they're not really telling you what to do. Um, and as I've noted at other times, they're actually sort of telling you when to do it because astrology is um, a calendar and it's not this tyrannical force in our lives that tells us what to do and you better do and that's it. But rather, it's a calendar. It's about timing. It's the timing of the planetary energies. And of course, you want to take advantage of those energies uh, to, to uh, uh, achieve a goal or to begin an endeavor or to maybe duck and cover for a while because maybe things aren't so conducive. This is all things that astrologers, it's our job to sort of describe to you what's going on in the heavens. Um, but the other thing that the planets do as they form these aspects to one another is that they make their case. The planets never come up with this idea of like, this is the way that you should live your life, or this is the answer, or this is the right solution, or this is the best thing you can possibly do. This is not what the planets do. Um, I mean, they might say that that's the best thing that you could possibly do for the two days that they're in aspect one another, or in some cases, if you're involving the moon, um, two and a half hours or something along those lines. But what they do, and the best way to think of the planetary aspect aspects is they make their case, all right? Um, a planet in a fire sign is always going to make its case for the element of fire, whereas a planet in an air sign is always going to make its case for the element of air. As I've noted earlier uh, to you, fire is pretty much about me, myself, and I, okay? And that doesn't come from egoism or self-absorption. What it really comes from is that the fire signs, which are Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius, these are the signs that play that place an extraordinary value on making a personal difference, on being an individual, on being the best person that you could possibly be. And that when you are true to yourself, okay, you make a difference in, in other people's lives. Uh, being true to yourself or the highest in you, because fire is about spirit and spirit is always looking up. If you're truest to the highest in you, then you're a true role model or your life serves as a wonderful example for other people to follow. These are things that very much concern the fire signs. The fire signs see themselves as the vehicles for how this is going to happen in life. The air signs do not. This is not the way that air signs see uh, uh, this. The air signs uh, really pretty much rally around the word we. 
Okay. Um, so, so you want to take the M and fire and turn it upside down to make a W and you get we, and that's the air signs. That's their take on things. So the air signs are always about trying to find the right match, the trying to find the right combination of people, trying to build consensus, uh, encouraging cooperation and getting people to get along. And this really comes together on um, October 14th when you have Venus in the sign that she rules Libra forming a trine to Saturn in the sign that Saturn rules, which is Aquarius. And this is a very rare uh, trine. And indeed, it's going to be the last time that these two planets trine in their own signs for, for, for a number of years. Um, but what we have going on here is an emphasis on, well, what philosophers call the social contract. Um, I think social contract begins in uh, the heyday of democracy in Greece, actually just before democracy in Greece, and then it shows up with John Locke and Rousseau and, and of course, the, uh, the uh, philosopher, the American philosopher, John Rawls. Um, but the idea of a social contract, a social contract, not socialism, okay, the idea of a social contract is that the people, the populace, agree to be led or governed by someone in power or, or agencies or bodies in power, and th those people in power agree to respect and to uh, protect and to promote the rights of the governed as well. Okay, um, so it's this idea that I'm going to hand over to you uh, your power to to govern me. You're going to protect me and look out for my uh, interests, but you're not looking out after my personal interests. You're looking out after the interests of the people of this society. So it's very much about serving all of society. And it's not all of society as in like a blank chunk of anonymous people in society, but it's, you know, people who are elected uh, to positions of power authority are there to protect the interests of the people. Um, and here, because as you can probably already recognize, these are the principles that went into our constitution. Um, the idea is that elected officials are there to honor, respect, provide, and encourage uh, the, the social welfare of everyone who is in society. So no one is a second-class citizen. No one is treated as being lesser than. Everyone is, is looked out after, okay? And that, uh, that can uh, depend in some regard on the um, honor, the character of those people in power. That can uh, depend in some regard on the imagination and the vision of those who are in power. It can depend on the uh, the uh, uh, moral character, the sense of duty, the sense of responsibility, um, the charity of those who are in power. And that's at least how it's supposed to work theoretically. And of course, when we're talking about the air signs, we're always talking about things theoretically. Okay, because air signs are ultimately about the rules, they're about the laws, and they're about the principles that govern the society that we all live in. As I have said before, the message of Saturn in Aquarius that we've experienced the last couple of years, and Saturn leaves Aquarius next year, but the message of Saturn in Aquarius is pretty much society is only as good as the people in it. Society is only as good as the people in it.
Okay, which makes a lot of people take moment of pause and to think about. Venus in Libra is about how we all get along. But again, when Venus is in Libra, getting along is seen in this equal sense. Okay. Uh, Venus in Libra is basically this idea, well, Venus by herself, but Venus in Libra in particular, is this idea that um, I can go ahead and work really hard to get what I want. I can knock myself out or whatever and put in the hours or whatever and, and work really hard to get what I want and I'll go ahead and get what I want. Okay. Or, and this is the Venus and Libra part, or I'm going to combine my efforts with someone else. And what we're going to do is that we're going to work together to achieve a common goal. And so in that way, we work, um, we work uh, not as hard as we would if we were by ourselves, uh, but we also accomplish twice the results. We we gain twice the results. And of course, if you gain twice the results and you're involved in sort of collaboration or a partnership, what you then do is that you split them. You split them in half. This is actually basically the difference between Venus and Taurus and Venus and Libra. Venus and Taurus is like, I worked really hard and I have to split what? Okay. And then Venus and Libra is like, of course, we worked really hard. I worked hard. You worked hard. We, we both engaged. Maybe we brought in other people into this project. And so we're going to split accordingly. Okay. So this is, this is, this is that idea. <clears throat> so, so this is something that's very important right now to think about, not only because the planets are indicating, uh, or, or, or really uh, indicating that this is the way to go. And so what the planets are basically saying for this week and for next week is that the more fair you are, and the more equitable you are in your dealings, um, the better off you're going to be, and the more you're going to succeed. Okay, so, so these planetary alignments are really favoring anything that is cooperative, anything that is collaborative, and anything that is also just. Because as I said, uh, the air signs are the, are the uh, signs of law and order. And that applies to Gemini as well. Um, everyone always is like, I can see that with Libra, I can see that with Aquarius, but Gemini, you know, and Gemini's need to know, they need to be very familiar with the laws, they need to be very familiar with the orders, they ne need to be very familiar with the rules in order to know how to bend them. But anyway, so this is something that all the air signs participate and share in. So, 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 so this sounds like a wonderful idea. It's a great idea. It's actually, you know, quite successful when it's applied. Um, and then, of course, when it is not applied, uh, begs interesting questions. Uh, for instance, if you are playing a game and you're following the rules and you won that game fairly, you know, this should be a moment in which, you know, you go huzzah. And, and, and the people who've been playing that game with you was like, this is marvelous. You were, you were well done. And even your opponent, even your opponent in the game or the person who lost horribly, you know, bows to you, you know, out of good sportsmanship and, you know, extends the hand and says, well done, well played, and and maybe next time I can I can challenge you again. Okay, so this is what we see. Um, anyone who watched Queen's Gambit, this is what they're doing throughout throughout all of those chess games. You know, the 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 game allows them to bring the best that they have to bear into the situation. There's uh, you know, you you can have a stalemate, but but you know, more often than not, there's a victor, and so everyone is is like, okay, you know, you're the victor, you're the person who wins. This is a good thing, and this is wonderful. When people 
sort of become sore losers, okay? Um, and a sore loser can be like, you know, you cheated, or I didn't win, or I'm not going to follow those rules, or I'm going to get the referee. The referee said I'm lost. I'm, I am I lost. I'm a loser. Well, I'm going to go find another referee. And if that referee says I'm a loser, I'm going to go find another referee after that, and after that, and after that, and after that. You can see where uh, the game can break down. You can see where that social contract can break down. All right. And so it is the air sign's job to ensure that the contract work. Okay. Usually it's done through persuasion and, and encouragement and, and, and things like, okay, well, you lost this game, but it's not the last game in the world. You can come back and play another. Or it can be done through like, okay, you lost this game, but maybe we want to study why you lost it. And, and so that when you come back and play again, you'll be better at what it was. You know, you would have identified your weaknesses and figured that out and, and, and sort of push the ball forward or the queen forward and, and win the game and wouldn't that be a wonderful thing? Okay, so this is basically what a social contract is based on. It's it's this idea that passions can flare, that we can want the things that we want, um, and that we can go after it actively, and we can go after it aggressively. But if it doesn't work out, okay, and if we don't get what we want, uh, we don't pick up our toys and leave the sandbox in a huff, okay? We can be very uh, polite about it. We can be very courteous about it. And we can be very honoring to, to the other side about it. This is this sounds easier than it is, okay? Um, for instance, uh, the first thing that comes to mind is, um, let's say you're going out with someone and you've been dating for a while or whatever. First thing that comes to mind is, uh, okay, let's say you've been going out with someone, you've been dating for a while, uh, you thought things were going really wonderfully, um, and the other person, you know, maybe texts you or says to you on the phone, we need to talk, and of course that's always the chill, you know, and so you sit down to have the talk and the person basically says, you know, in one way or another, um, you know, it's been fun. I see yourselves as friends. I'm not really on the same page. You know, they're breaking up with you. Now, you have a right to feel upset, okay, and 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 to get angry, you know, um, but that doesn't allow you, for instance, if it's over coffee, to take your coffee mug and throw it in the person's face, you know, any more than the person who's breaking up with you is allowed to be like, uh, is allowed to sort of get up from the table and leave, or, you know, start saying things like, well, you know, you're not going to have a problem with this, are you? You know, it's really for the best, don't you think? You know, they're not going to manipulate you into taking their side or something like that. What, what you do is that you come to a cordial understanding, at least at that coffee date, of the fact that you're breaking up, and then you give each other space, okay? The other person, you know, goes off by themselves or to see someone else or whatever, and you, you know, go and you nurse your feelings and 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 maybe listen to some Judy Garland or something like that, and, 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 and basically move on, because you're honoring the fact that the person didn't want to be with you, um, didn't see a future, and at that time in the future when you're the one who's going to be telling someone that you don't share the same feelings, you're, you're going to want that same respect. Okay, so this is a social contract. This is an agreement between people that no matter how things play out, you are playing with one another and you're going to play nicely. Okay. Now the same thing, people might be like, you're really going to try, try to apply this to business, Christopher. I am going to apply this to business. 
Good business is where a transaction works out in which both sides benefit. You know, you sell something that you wanted to sell and the person buys something that they wanted to buy. It's done in a wonderful way and that's great. This is good business. This is this is good business or or maybe you work for a company that is that that is putting money back into the community or back into society or something along those lines, you know, something more philanthropic, okay? This is good business. Okay, if your business sense is to screw over the other person, okay, if your business sense is like, this is a game and <laughs> whatever, you know, you're falling back into that again. You know, we're not, you're, you're not recognizing the equity. You're not recognizing the fairness. You're not recognizing that the more you benefit someone else, the more they benefit you. You're not taking care of your society. If it's the society of your corporation or the society of your industry, which happens to include your competitors. Okay. So this idea of a social contract in business is also there. No one needs to make all of this sort of money and to mess up all these other people and to dominate the field in such a way. Why? Okay, call me naive or idealistic, but it's like, how much money do you need to live? Like, that, that's excessive or more than, okay? But what you do need if you want to do good business is um, an environment that has not been drained <laughs> of its resources, consumers that have not been ripped off, you know, and people who have not been humiliated. Okay, if you're doing good business, your business is going to prosper and grow based on what you also interact with the community. So this social contract, these rules and laws really do apply. And of course, the same thing can also apply politically. You know, you can you can have a campaign and you can win. Um, and but if you go and sort of rub the other person's nose in it or whatever, you didn't really win. You know, no one's really going to respect that. Or, or, or if you're like, I lost, and 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 this election was fixed, and I'm going to challenge these results, and I'm going to keep challenging them until I get my answer or whatever. You know, I, I think we learned all of these things, uh, this basic etiquette in kindergarten in the sandbox, which is why it was a sandbox. It was like sand, so no one could hurt themselves really. <laughs> but, but we learned all those things then, and this is what the air signs stand for, okay, which is basically when you engage in a social contract, you're going to engage in compromise, okay? You're not going to win every single time, or you're not going to get everything that you want in a negotiation, okay? The best compromise is where both sides lost something, but walk away from the table with something in hand, okay? So so that is the nature of compromise. Compromise is almost a, a cardinal virtue of the zodiac sign of Libra. So Libra is really about finding those ways that, you know, what is fair? What is the fairest judgment? You know, what is the way that both people can benefit, you know, but also not at the expense of the other person. And that, of course, this is all done within the larger context of Aquarius, which is the place of society. So these are things that I want you to think about. You know, it's 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 things that I want you to think about. I, I'm not saying you have to sort of like bend the knee to law and authority or anything like that. You know, we we um, live in a culture that celebrates things like free speech and uh, doing the best that you can do and being very very competitive, and that's that's great. Okay, but if you're going to practice free speech, you also have to practice respectful listening. 
Okay, free speech isn't someone handed you a microphone and you can go on about whatever. You also have to practice respectful listening. And that's not listening for your time to sort of like shout back. That's listening as in taking into your self, your heart, your conscience, the words of the person that you share this society with, that you share this world with. You know, if you are ambitious and driven and you're going to go and be a great success, that's great. Go and be a great success. Be the best success that you can be. But also remember you're part of a team or you're part of a society or you're a part of an industry and that your successes should also feed the successes of the society that you live in, you know, that when you, when you lift all boats, <laughs> you know, the tide that lifts all boats, when you lift all peoples, you know, as a result of the good that you do, this brings good back to you and a good that benefits everyone. So this, again, is this idea of a social contract. A social contract honoring other people doesn't make you less than who you would be, you know, because someone else has to be uh, awarded as well. No, you, you become the best that you can be. And then you turn around and you help someone else become the best that they can be with your ability to listen, you know, and to understand a point of view that is not yours, you know, to appreciate where someone's coming from that has nothing to do with your own interests, you know, but that your interests are combined in the interests of the society and ultimately the world that you live in. These may sound like a naive ideas. These may sound like idealistic notions, but they aren't naive if you have the imagination. And they aren't idealistic if you increase your ability to make things that make these things happen. You know, this, this is the way that we lift Earth up to the stars. Okay, the stars aren't going to come down to us, you know, but we can lift us, us up up into the stars. And that, of course, and that, of course, is the message of Venus in Libra and Saturn in Aquarius. Are you looking for personalized guidance? Do you have questions about what you're meant to do and be in this lifetime? What you need in intimate relationships to really thrive? Or what major themes you'll be working with in the months to come? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you'll want to check out our personalized character and destiny and year ahead reports. These reports are perfect for you if you want professional insight into your astrology chart or year ahead. Written by internationally renowned astrologer, Adrian Ross Duncan. Your character and destiny report provides deep insight into who you are and what you came here to do, your biggest strengths and challenges, and how your astrological design impacts your career, and relationships. The Essential Year Ahead Report gives you insights into the major themes you'll be exploring in your career, your love life, personal development, and much more. For only $37, you can get your personalized astrology report delivered straight to your inbox within minutes. Just go to astrologyhub.com slash reports to get yours today. That's astrologyhub.com slash reports. Hi there, I'm Amy Escobar, a producer of the Horoscope Highlight Show with Christopher Renstrom. Thanks for tuning in to the Astrology Hub Podcast Network. If you love the show, 
please take a moment to subscribe, rate, review, and share it. And if you don't know how to do that, here's how you can leave a review in Apple Podcasts on iPhone. Make sure you're on the landing page for the Astrology Hub podcast and not an individual episode. Scroll down to the bottom until you reach ratings and reviews. Click one of the five stars under tap to rate to leave a rating. And under the most recent review, tap the write a review button. And if you're on another device, just find out how to leave a review on whatever podcast player you use. Then share what you love about the show or how it helps you navigate your life. We'd love to hear your stories. And by doing this, you make it possible to make shows like Horoscope Highlights happen every week. Thank you again for tuning in, for being a part of our community, and for making astrology a part of your life.